Well, hello, friends, and thank you for joining me in our daily reading from God's Holy Word. Today we're reading Mark chapter 9, verse 14 uh, through the end. In the transfiguration, God the Father said of Jesus, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Now in this lesson, Jesus heals and teaches and in each instance invites us to distrust ourselves and put our trust in him. Before we read, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and help us to hear Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, oh, Faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and were afraid to ask him. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down, and he called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be the last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. 
But Jesus said, do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly, I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Amen. In each of these passages, Jesus is inviting us to distrust ourselves and to depend upon him, to distrust our own ability, our own agenda, our ambitions for ourselves, our antagonism toward others, and our attitude toward sin. First, distrust your ability. Jesus heals a mute and deaf boy with epileptic-like seizures brought on by an unclean demonic spirit. The father couldn't heal his son. The disciples couldn't either. Jesus could and did. They ask him, why couldn't we? And Jesus says, the only way is by prayer. You can't think you can. You must appeal to God. Don't trust your abilities. Trust God. The father wanted Jesus to heal, but said, if you can, if you can, as if maybe Jesus couldn't. So Jesus said, if I can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And he's saying it's not the strength of their faith, but the strength of the one in whom they put their faith that matters. The man asks what we all should. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. So distrust your ability either to do miracles or trust in the Lord. Second, distrust your agenda. Then Jesus again foretold his sufferings and death and resurrection. And again, the disciples didn't understand and were afraid to ask. They were slow to understand, slow to ask for help, committed to their own plans for Jesus, not God's plans. How like them we are. Faith and unbelief are common to Christians. We should pray, Lord, help me align myself with you and your agenda. Third, distrust your own ambition. But then the 12 were arguing about who is greatest among themselves. Here they are, so proud, so ambitious for recognition, so upside down on the meaning of greatness. Jesus sets them straight. If anyone would be first, He must be last of all and servant of all. 
True greatness, you see, isn't ruling, but serving. It doesn't aim high, but low. And isn't this why Jesus is preeminent in the church? Because he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. But so invested in themselves are the disciples that they then distrust others who were serving Jesus, as if Jesus can't have followers we know nothing about. And Jesus says, leave them alone. Don't stop them. So we should distrust our antagonism of others who are serving him. And finally, we should distrust our attitude towards sin. Jesus confronts them about temptation. Because if you have a high opinion of yourself and want glory on earth, who knows how many little ones you might trample as you climb for glory and how evil that would be and how deserving of the fires of hell, says Jesus. We should be so distrustful of our ability and our agenda and our own ambition and our own antagonism to others serving Jesus that we would rather lose our hand or our foot or our eye than trample on others and cause them to sin. We need his attitude towards sin and temptation to replace ours so that we might say, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sin. May they not rule over me. Lord, spare me from sinning against others, even the least of your children. Lord, help me rather to live at peace with them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, make it so. Teach us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. In his name I pray, amen. Thank you again for listening in, and I hope you'll join me next time.